news now. I'm not even going to make fun of him for not saying 2-1 because it sounds like he's in a war zone. <laughs> That's what the case. And on that note, welcome to Nerd News Now for the first week of August. I got Kyle and Miss Jen with me. Uh, we are in our respective regions in front of our cameras. Uh, you guys look like you've been working super hard. Today's my day off, but I've been doing schoolwork, which hurts my brain. But Kyle, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Today I watched two seasons of Parks and Recreation while working on scheduling for the experience. Um, the big thing, the big drive behind that, and if you guys are out there and you haven't noticed, if you go watch especially the sitcoms on Peacock, they've put in scenes that were cut for time in the original airings and in the subsequent streaming yeah. on Netflix. So there are jokes and whole scenes in shows like The Office and Parks and Rec that you've not seen unless you bought the DVDs. I gotta tell my son, because that will freak him out, because he loves those shows so much. I was watching Parks, and I heard a joke the other night that I'm like, I've seen the show a thousand times, I know I've never heard that joke before. Oh. And I started researching it, and they're like, yeah, they added back in. So shows that they had to cut a minute out of, so it'd come down at 26 minutes, are now on the stream 27 and a half. <laughs> I it's, wonder I wonder if it's flexible enough to where they could edit in Patton Oswalt's entire Star Wars uh Requiem I, speech. I, I'm not that far yet. I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, okay. But but you've seen it before, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh yeah. Cuz you can you, you can and you can obviously go to YouTube and see that entire uninterrupted Patton Oswalt speech. It's incredible it was the i can't remember what the premise of the episode was other than that there was he, a filibuster yeah he was filibustering because he didn't want them to change the town bylaws <laughs> yeah. um he wanted to preserve a bunch of antiquated old laws like ted party day which is their version of tea party day uh where they were to throw tea in the lake in in the in the lake but instead they threw ted um also in that episode he cracks an egg over leslie nope's head and buys Tom Haverford's car for a quarter. Wow. Okay. See, see, you do know enough about that show to where you would notice if a scene had been added. I haven't seen it in so long. I don't know if I would or not. There's I, certain episodes I would. I know that show backwards, forwards. I've done monologues from that show as auditions. <laughs> like, you know. And I, The I, Office, like you mentioned, is another one where... People just they they seem to have either not seen the show or seen every episode seven times. So, shout out to the Office Deep Dive podcast and the Office Ladies podcast. Also, uh, a very popular show to podcast about too. I mean, it's just and no one. Do you know anyone that likes the British version better? Uh, yeah, but they're all British. Okay. <laughs> I quite enjoy the British office. Um, I think the Christmas special doesn't get nearly enough credit. Um, mainly because it never made any of the DVDs. So a lot of people in the United States never saw it. But the Christmas special is awesome. Um, but I, I quite like it. I don't like it. I don't think I like it as much because it didn't last as long. And therefore, there wasn't as much time to develop some of the characters that I would have liked to have seen developed. Right, because over there, like anything more than three seasons of six episodes, is is a, a really long time. <laughs> well, so. what G Ricky Gervais said it best is that the BBC, because there's so little competition with the BBC, has so much to choose from that if you don't nail it every time you come out, they'll just move on to something else. You can't afford to have a weak episode, whereas over here. You can, which is actually, believe it or not, a big difference between the shows. So in the U.S., we all know people who will keep their job for a really long time, despite being real bad at it. Um, and that's because over here, it's just a different kind of lifestyle. Over there, if you're real bad at your job, you're done. Like, it's just a cultural thing. So. I wonder if there's anything to do with, like, 
you know, lawsuit culture? Like if oh, that I has no anything idea. to do with it. I have no idea. I think it's just, you know, a matter of I'm on the TV behind Miss Jen right now. Um <laughs> right in the middle. Yep, you are. Uh, <laughs> no, uh sorry. I got distracted by my own self. Uh but no, um I think it has more to do with just the difference of, you know, workplace practices. Yeah. And but I think the number one, well, the number one reason the office is more popular here, other than Americans tend to just watch Americanized content more, is probably the likability of Michael Scott versus the lead character in the British David series. David Yeah. Because um, it's not like Michael Scott was a perfect person, but he's like, you know, flawed well, that's one of the, and comical. One of the things they talk about, right, is that he they had to they realized really early on they had to give him likable qualities otherwise nobody would watch the show the british version they could give all the likable qualities to tim who is their their equivalent to jim and people would watch long enough yeah like they had to make the i don't know if you remember the episode with uh tim robbins um the client where they go to the chilies and you know, Jan is trying really hard to seal this deal and Michael's like not trying. But it turns out that he actually is like, you know, he, he, Michael had to be good at his job. Like people don't think about it. He was really good at that part of his job and that he just wanted to be liked, but didn't know how to be. Whereas right. David Brent wasn't good at his job and didn't particularly care to be liked. Um, the The thing that always like, I guess the microcosm of michael scott was that quote he made one time about like i want to get married and have a hundred kids so i have a hundred friends mm-hmm. and that was always so sad to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's not a guarantee either right <laughs> right yeah uh that might be harder actually uh miss jen what have you been up to this week um let's see so far it's just been really busy i can i kind of feel like there's more people out and about either maybe trying to get their last vacation in before school starts or maybe they're out um also maybe shopping for school things supplies and clothes and stuff and we just happen to be near enough where they're like if you if you go and try on fifty thousand pairs of blue jeans I'll take you to the space cadets. I'm always everyone's dangled carrot, by the way. I always hear it all the time because of the the taekwondo place and the gymnastics place. People come in all the time and are like, all right, you did really good in class. Jimmy, pick out something. I mean, that's not bad to be an incentive for something, especially if it's going to increase foot traffic, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, around Texas. One of the main things I think about all the time when I'm like going, how in the world would I ever find this microcosm that this center has <laughs> seems like a weird anomaly this space yeah um in in texas so it's it's the first week of august and i guess i guess kids go back to school probably mid-august or so so it's probably winding down summer's winding down and then also on the news when you're not seeing all the obvious headlines they keep talking about a, a school supply shortage which I'm I haven't noticed because like if you go to grocery stores the those it's stopped. So I don't know if that's like in places that hadn't been to school, but Texas has been in school for a while now. I mean minus summer, but I guess some places have have been doing distance learning only for like the last year and a half, and maybe they would have some sort of school supply issue, but I haven't seen that. Uh, the one back of giant sales like they usually do like i don't think anyone's running a 10 spiral notebooks for a dollar or whatever no no uh the one thing i am seeing though is a crayon problem Uh oh well it's that everybody and their brother has uh 24 packs of crayons nobody has 16 packs of crayons and the difference is not insubstantial yeah, it's true. Um, 16 or 24 packs of crayons are harder to use. Um, and my friends who are teachers are like, seriously, if you send your kid with a 24 pack of crayons, I'm confiscating eight crayons. Why is that, though? I mean, you would think it's like eight more flexible colors, right? 
because in first grade, if your teacher tells you to use blue and you grab what looks like blue and it's actually purple because you don't know the difference between, you know, like a dark blue and a purple, like you can't tell the difference. And now your now your your number is colored in wrong. Do you want to finish your homework? I mean, maybe. Not I don't know. Then you just ask for a new one, so you can do it all over again. <laughs> right. And who wants to do all that work twice? Like, that's kind of the thing, right? Is that there's it's especially prevalent in the young grades. Like, in high school, nobody cares. But my you know my cousin's a first grade teaches first graders with special needs. And them having more crayons than they're supposed to have is like a serious, legit concern for her. Well, no, it makes sense. Hey, look, in, now in Mark's on behind Miss Jen, and I think he's wearing the same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it, that way, it it, uh, it makes sense because you know, with with more options, just becomes more, I guess, room room for error. So that that makes sense. Um, but I don't know where crayons come from. So I'm not sure if it's like one of these, you know, production issues or or what it is. So, yeah, I don't. But that's the one I'm seeing is people are like, look, the crayon problem is real. Yeah. And also going way back to school, like different types of paper and pencils and pens. And so, yeah, I, I get that. But uh, it also just seems like uh, something we don't need to be doesn't need to be a part of the 24-hour news cycle. Like, we don't need more problems. We don't need the parents in a panic, like, two weeks before before school starts. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, you know... I have this real weird kind of feeling about, about school in general these days. Um, I was a person who learned better online than I did in person like I did poorly in school when I was on campus because I got distracted very easily and I only wanted to do things like gym class or art class or sing in the choir I didn't really want to go to math but then when I got to college and could take those things online and like be strong at the, at, at those subjects I like was better. Like I couldn't do algebra till I got to college because I'd get distracted in math class, but I got to college and now I'm taking algebra online and it forces me to focus. Also I could do it in a room where no other persons were. So I I've got this real strong about, are we asking our kids, would they prefer to go back in person or, you know, have some sort of hybrid education? Because I would venture that there are a lot of kids, especially when you get into the older grades, you know, your freshmen through seniors that would say, yeah, hybrid. Because then, you know, you have a chance to work and go to school. You have a chance to, like, kind of become an adult. So I'd be interested to know what the kids think. I know that my son uh, much preferred being in person because he had the opposite problem that you had when he was at home with the TV and the office and uh, Parks and Rec at his fingertips. Super yeah. hard to focus into doing his work. Well, and that's what's funny is that I had to rent an office because I had trouble focusing when I had to work at home. <laughs> so now I have to rent an office so that I can not be at home so I can get work done. So, like I said, I get it. But, like, I, you know, it's just one of those things is I'd be interested to see what portion of kids are like Miss Jen's son and which portion of kids would have been like me in high school. And I think just that there's something to be like, I'm taking a, a college statistics course right now. And there's something to be said for being able to get everything cleared up in person in like a minute versus like seven emails about me not understanding how to run a multiple linear regression in IBM's SPSS. So it's like <laughs> there, there's certain things that they could just be cleared up by or maybe another student ask a question for the upcoming assignment that I didn't think about, but I need to know. And so instead of like going into a panic attack 10 minutes before it's due on a Sunday night, I already knew what to look for, you know, things like that. But yeah, I oh, mean, like I said, yeah. I'm just that kid who went from a one nine two O in person high school GPA to a four O in college because I could 
structure my classes in a way that worked for me. Yeah. No, so, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's all it, it's all subjective. It, it'd be nice if we had a system in place for, you know, column A, column B, and maybe a little, you know, column C with a little bit of A and B. But it's sort of like an all or nothing at most schools around here anyway. It's basically like they're it's being dictated like, well, are we going to be online or in school? And they're not they, they really don't have the funds or the amount of teachers necessary to do both, I think is what kind of going on but it would be nice um if everyone had that option yeah that, and I did see that that it was really nice during the middle of when everything was a little crazy for my son to be able to come to me and say hey mom um i'm not feeling it today can i work from home yeah so I check on his work and he had done it he wasn't able to do it like every single day like he wasn't able to stay home all the time but whenever he just was overwhelmed at school and felt like he needed a day off you know like a personal day <laughs> um taking this into like a relevant nerd realm i'll tell you one thing that doesn't hold a candle to uh you know online versus in person is comic cons because there have been so, so many online cons where i was just like oh okay a video now or you know go to youtube three days later and watch the panel but then but then it's in person it's like oh i miss this so so much <laughs> so there there are obviously always going to be certain things that are better in person but it is nice to have the option especially I mean, during a pandemic right disney world isn't the same virtually i mean no but i mean i think i think you have to separate them into two categories right comic cons disney world that kind of stuff going to the movies maybe are events and things that are experiential, whereas school, work, church, whatever, um, that kind of stuff is stuff that's more routine. And there's a benefit to, you know, mixing them up, like when it's routine, because it helps you engage better. But experiential things always rely on the experience of being there. Right. Right. But even things like like going to church, um, it's great to be able to be able to look up recorded sermons when you're having, you know, a moment you want to know something specifically or you're or maybe you moved like a thousand miles away from your or church you and you missed that till 3 a.m. on Saturday and <laughs> don't feel like <laughs> or, going in on Sunday morning or that. Yeah, the the whole like on demand, you know, idea of media, um, it goes for education and spirituality and a whole lot of things. People sometimes just think it's about, you know, oh, I want to see an episode of Office whenever. But there's really way more to it than that. And we all have such different schedules. It's nice to have all this stuff at our fingertips, you know, um, but yeah, the option yeah. is nice, I think, is the, the options. Yeah. The options of, you know, where, what, who, and when um, to interact with. But it is, you know, a balancing act. Uh, so I do understand, like, the, the needing, like, physical structure uh, as well. So uh, you had mentioned uh, going people going out to the movies, so I'm going to take that segue. Uh, let's talk real quick about the box office. So Jungle Cruise, starring The Rock, of course, uh, got $35 million in the domestic box office, but it got an additional 30 million from Disney plus. Now this has obviously been making the news lately because of Scarlett Johansson and, and black widow and what's going on there. Um, that's a lot of money for, um, you know, and, and Disney hadn't been releasing those numbers till the last two films. It's done this for, I think this might be the way to go. For a little while anyway, especially, you know, last week Hollywood blamed the low box office on the Delta variant. Uh, I didn't really hear that as much this week because because Jungle Cruise made 35 million, which is fairly significant. But then, like, when you go down the list, it's like old got barely six million and then Green Knight, same thing in second and third place. So. Overall, uh, for the first week of August, Hollywood's really down. So what do you guys think this means for the future of, you know, Premier Access streaming, where you get to, you know, pay 30 bucks and you can just watch a movie as much as you want versus having to go go out, take the kids, get popcorn. We, Kyle, we talked about snacks last week, but so we don't have to go into, into that full of detail. But 
do you think this is going to set a precedent at least for like the next year or so until the pandemic actually goes away and we're not in the third wave? It's not going to change how I see movies. And you're and because you do you still try to go once a week no matter what's going on? No. No. Okay. I only I used to go once a week when I was like in college. Oh yeah. Um, I would go go see movies that I didn't think I would necessarily like because I'd rather be at the movies than in class or <laughs> at work. Um, but these days, I only am going to go see a movie if it's something I think I might like or if it's something I feel obligated to go see because of the industry I choose to work in, <laughs> like Black Widow, a movie I know I probably won't like, but that doesn't matter. Um, and even then, I'm not paying 30 bucks to see a movie, period. I don't care if it's the next Criterion Collection edition, you know, greatest movie ever filmed. But Clerk, would you, would you pay that much money to go see John Wick 4 and The Matrix no. together? No. <laughs> I would have had to see John Wick 1 through 3. Oh, um, or not have seen the Matrix three, either one. <laughs> um, but it's no the thing about it is, is that I'm just not I don't buy digital media. I don't or physical media. So it's not like I'm going to see a movie, then go buy the Blu-ray. It's not a thing. Oh, right. Wait, wait, hold on. I just I need to clear that up real quick, because did you say you don't buy? I don't buy media physical don't, media. You don't I, buy I physical misspoke. media. I misspoke at first. I don't so, buy physical media. Physical so the media. so the thousand vinyl records you told us about a couple weeks ago don't exist. That's the exception. Okay, that's still and physical media. For years, I didn't buy physical media. Yeah. At all, I didn't buy records for years and years and years. I started buying records to add to my inventory for my business, and then started skimming. <laughs> um, you know the stuff I wanted. Uh, so that's my one exception is music. Okay. But I'm but to make my point is I don't go see Endgame in theaters and pay fifteen, twenty dollars to see Endgame and then go buy the Blu-ray. It's just not how I work. So for me, spending thirty dollars is spending double what it would cost me to go see it in theater. Right? Right. To watch it at home where I don't the people I live with are gonna talk to me during the movie. <laughs> no, I don't want to know how your day was. I'm watching a movie. You know, I don't want to know what you think I want for dinner. Watching a movie. You know, I don't care that you got a phone call. I'm not pausing the movie. If we go to the movie theaters, none of that happens. I might still have to answer questions for people who don't know what's going on. But that's like still about the movie. Um. So, per, di direct access or whatever, premiere access, unless it gets wrapped in with the cost of the streaming service, is not something I'll partake in. Um, that being said, I've got to be in a pretty specific mindset, or it's got to be a pretty special movie to get me to go to the movie theaters right now. Mm -hmm. So, like, the other day, I was in a pretty specific mindset, and I'm like, I need to go see a movie. You know? Or it's going to have to be a pretty special movie. So. What it does to the box office. I don't really care. I think I'm more interested in. How are we going? How is the film industry going to continue to put out good. Quality content. When they were shut down most of the window. For what should be coming out right now. Right. It's. You know, you shoot a movie and it takes X period of time to edit that movie and then X period of time to market that movie and then the movie comes out. Well, that means that movies we're getting right now, we're probably done pre pandemic. We're about to get into that period where this is the times when those movies that should have been shot weren't because of the pandemic. I would love to say, oh, we're going to see a glut of great animation. Because that was something people could do remotely from home. And 
great. You know, animation can save the movie industry. But I got my doubts. So. I saw a good movie this weekend. Have I mentioned it yet? What, what was it? I don't know. I stood up for a second to go and talk to Oh, yeah, friend. no problem. What did you see? I saw The Green Knight. Okay, yeah, that was uh, that was that came in third, and it was not advertised at all. I had to look it up and look up the trailers. So, well, what's like a, a short recap of what that one's about? Uh, it follows the same Arthurian legend. Is uh, been kicked around a little bit. I know Valiant Comics has addressed that character. Um, it's very much if someone wants to know what the style of movie is, it's very much an art house movie. So it's a lot of quiet, long, introspective looks and camera shots but there's some really gorgeous camera shots that they do in the film there's like you know when you know you're in a film where they're they are on purpose having a long shot and unless you're thinking about it you don't know to be impressed by it there is a long shot that happens in this film that once you realize what you're watching you're gonna be have your mind be blown it's so cool but um it's really beautifully done lot of cool it's not a, a a superhero flick by any stretch of the imagination and it's a pretty dark tale and it's going to make you super tense <laughs> as you know there are imminent beheadings that are going to happen but um this is it's a really cool I, i'd go support it if you if you just want to support good film you want to see some good film and some good costume work. It's a really, really good one. The thing I don't, I hope that you don't have happen is what happened when I went to the movie theater and watched it. Oh, what? Giant movie theater, right? Yeah. Everyone uses the middle center space to sit. So there's like three couples in this movie theater watching it. And the two of them just happen to be next to us. And these people came in when they came in and sat down, they brought in a backpack and sat it down and then walked out for a little while and then they came back, which I assumed they were just going to go get coffee or sodas or whatever. They come back, the movie trailers go and the lights go down and then they start rummaging through their backpack and slowly but surely through the entire film bring out an entire, you know, three course meal or whatever from their backpack. It was so <laughs> loud. It was such a quiet movie. It was like it's supposed to be like quiet. Think about stuff. So that was a little distracting. I think I would have liked the movie even more if I didn't have, you know. Did I tell you about having to go see Black Panther twice? Was it because of something chaos like this? I had had my first leg surgery when Black Panther came out. So I was on the stupid scooter that I'm on now. And I go to the movie and I have to sit in a handicap chair. Which is fine, you know. You gotta do what you gotta do. But the only chair available was immediately next to an infant who was less of a fan of the film than I was. Um, and I wasn't a fan of the film because I was sitting next to an infant. Um, this thing that that every time it got remotely loud, the baby cried. Every time it got remotely quiet, the baby cried. Every time anyone had dialogue that was important, the baby cried. I was absolutely furious, but not at the baby, at the parents who brought the baby to see Black Panther and didn't prepare the baby for Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Like, get it some headphones or something like. Do something like this was it was it was bad. And I wound up I wound up saying something to the theater manager going, hey, can you maybe make a no infants rules for midnight releases? And he goes, no, but here's a ticket for to see it again for free. Yeah, all right. And I went back and liked it slightly better the second time. I'll take that as a vote of confidence coming from you. But uh, no, uh, that's it's that's another thing against going out to the theater. Although there's a lot of positive aspects of it, but uh, Miss Jen, I take it this, you know, the ability to get digital releases the day of isn't going to change the fact that you go out to the theater because you've been going out pretty much 
this whole time, which is, and again, Texas, I think what they closed down for maybe a month last year. And then since then, the theaters have been, been open, uh, somewhat limited capacity until recently. But um, I, the Kyle, the reason I think that, you know, like you, you don't look at the box office and I get that. But what I'm thinking may happen is if these movies keep making almost as much or even half as much like digitally as they do in the box office, I mean, at some point that's going to hurt someone, whether, you know, the the company that's producing is still getting a massive amount of money, but then that theater is getting less and less and less and less. And then at some point, you know, <laughs> what's, where do those costs get cut and, you know, how many theaters get shut down or what does that do to that relationship between that, you know, production company and that, and distribution company and that theater. So, uh, I don't know, it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, See, I don't, and I don't pay attention to the box office because I don't contribute to it. Yeah. Um, but also, that to me is no gauge on whether a movie is good or not. It's Correct. It's only a gauge into how many people went to see a bad movie. Or uh, how many people went to see a movie always. that was okay. Yeah. Or how many people went to see a good movie. And oftentimes, you'll find that those things are opposites, right? The movie that made the most might is probably not the best movie out. I would guess the best movie this week is probably The Green Knight. But it came in third. And then the second best movie out is probably Old, which came in second. And The Rock and Mary Poppins are on a boat. So it's going to come in first. That movie could have no dialogue and the worst writing you've ever heard of. Still going to come in first. And Weird Al's still not going to see a cut for his influence on the script. Right, yeah. So. Skipper Dan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think, I hope, maybe the the best movie coming out on Friday will also make the most money at the box office. But there's going to be an interesting caveat to what we're talking about. You know, Kyle, you had mentioned you're not going to watch it digitally first unless it was, you know, wound into the price that you're paying. Well, Suicide Squad's going to be on HBO Max. Yes. So, so all of a sudden, that movie's in play. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> I, I may not see it because it's Suicide Squad, and yeah. somebody's going to have to convince me. It's to, gun. Support gun. Well, somebody's going to have to convince me that I'm not wrong in assuming I know how it's going to go. Um. But I'm very interested in it. Uh, very interested in it. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to guess someone's going to die. And and that may be a movie. Every five like, minutes. I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh, okay. That may be a movie I go to the theaters and see only because I'm looking at matinees and can see it for five bucks. Yeah. Kyle, just go watch it just so you know what the top cosplay is going to be this year. <laughs> it's going to, for girls, it's going to be Sylvie from Loki. And for guys, it's going to be uh, an invisibility quote as John Cena from, because you can't see him um, in Suicide Squad. I've, uh, it, it's, it baffles my mind. I mean, well, look, there's no way it can be as bad as the first one. The first one is the worst movie I've seen in the last 10 years, hands down. Like, no doubt about it. Just, I, I, I didn't walk, I did not walk out of it because I was watching it on the plane. That's the only reason I didn't walk out of it. I would have still found a way to walk out. <laughs> it was, so uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Um, I'm intrigued by how they're going to use Harley Quinn because, uh, uh from rumblings is like this is the best they've used her so far. Uh and I just the cast is just awesome. But the fact that James Gunn's behind it, it's like, is this gonna be the first really good DC movie? Like is this gonna be it? I would say minus Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman is really good. Yeah. But I I just 
you know, with all the recent slew of stuff, like, is this going to be the one where it's like universally like this is this is up there like this is it. We'll see. So I'm intrigued by it. Um, and go ahead. Yeah, and uh, but it it will it will be interesting to see because there's we don't get any numbers for HBO Max, right? Like there's no you're not paying, so you're not going to get any numbers or monetary like worth that was that it was watched with. So be interesting to see what it does in the box office because I'm assuming a lot of people have HBO Max, but I don't even know the subscriber rate. So we'll see how that goes. Just so you know. I found how I'm going to see Suicide Squad. Okay. Uh, I am going to see a double feature, uh, Suicide Squad, and the Great Muppet Caper 40th Anniversary re-release. There you go. Back to back. That's awesome. That sounds totally like you. Yeah. Uh, I can see Suicide Squad at 11.30, and then at 3 o'clock, see the Great Muppet Caper. Okay, I, at first I thought that was like by design, like the theater did that. I was going to no. say that's random, um, but then then I got really worried that Suicide Squad was three and a half hours long. So, no, it's only two hours and twelve minutes. That gives me time to cleanse my palate after the Suicide Squad and not be <laughs> angry going into the Muppet or the Muppet movie. Yeah, you don't want that. That that sounds like a plan. So it seems like we're all going to see it. So we can talk about it next week. Yeah. Great Muppet Caper. I mean, Suicide Squad. Whichever okay, so one. I'll, I'll the talk 40th about it. 40th anniversary of the Great Muppet Caper. So I think everyone needs to watch that again. Now, it would be interesting to know, like, are, is there going to be added material to that? Any bonus features of any kind uh, for the 40th? No, but it's a Fathom event. That's all I can tell you. Oh, okay. Probably an interview. <laughs> hmm? Probably will include an interview, maybe to lead in. Yeah, maybe. Live I mean, Q and A with Kermit. I hope. That would be so cool. That would be be awesome. Um, some other. Oh, go ahead, Miss Jen. Suicide Squad. That the Pokemon po- Polka Dot Man is going to steal the show. Yeah, David Nussmarsen. Yeah, I mean he's and he's currently in both movie universes. So, as a support character in uh, Ant-Man so and uh, a comic book writer Count Crowley right oh that's right yeah so um, I think it's going to be good we'll see so here's another so a movie released a trailer today finally it was Venom 2 let there be carnage they fixed the haircut guys I'm so excited me too it was so (laughs) <laughs> that that uh, Woody Harrelson's hair in what was the end the end scene trailer from or not the post credit scene from Venom? I cannot do anything but stare at his wig. It was so weird. <laughs> so I'm just glad they fixed his hair. Honestly, yes. But I I think Carnage looks good. Like I have no idea what the plot of the movie is going to be, but like the appearance of Carnage looks really good. So, Miss Jen, I guess you saw it. What did you think? I like it. It's kind of interesting. They still have only really shown us one other symbiote version in the trailer. I don't think they've ever given us a glimpse of anybody else, but we at least get to see Shriek. Yeah. um, Now, there's already a big change that's shown in the trailer where uh, I guess maybe it's like sort of an homage to that old YouTube video that made the news recently for uh, being an NFT and then uh, having to sue and getting their money back. But the old Charlie bit me video, but now it's going to be Cletus bit me where he, where like, that's how he becomes carnage as he bites Eddie Brock's finger. Kind of weird, but I guess if you don't want to put Eddie Brock in jail for a while, then that's really a way to really quick to you know quick stream uh that origin story kyle have you been able to check out the uh, trailer yet no i don't watch trailers oh okay well do um, you care about the uh, venom 2 is the c are they promising that the cgi will be better than the first one i it, it already looks better okay. but i mean well, again this I, is trailer uh, but 
I will reserve judgment for now until someone can guarantee me better CGI and better writing. Um, the first one I saw and I had more fun making fun of my best friend's boyfriend the whole movie for not knowing anything about Venom than I did watching the movie. Um, on a pre- on a subsequent rewatch of the movie, I liked it less. Um, that being said, of the non-Marvel movies, like the non like from Marvel Studios Disney movies, it is my favorite. That's not so, too high of a bar, though, right? I mean, no, it's it's it's. Um, let's put it this way: the two high jumpers in the Olympics who shared the gold medal would have had no problem clearing this bar. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Relevant references. Well, here's the deal. When the time comes for that later this year, we'll see if they're doing a double feature with Muppets Take Manhattan, and then you can see it. And if not, you can just set that one up. I will say this. I would be very interested in seeing Venom on that size screen again because the rewatch was at home. You know, I, I rented it on VOD or whatever and watched it at home. Um, so I would be very interested in seeing it on a big screen again. So if they did a Venom Carnage double feature, I would be, I would be there. Because I think that that size screen can do nothing but help that movie. It, I guess, but I mean, if you're seeing flaws in the CG, won't those flaws just be bigger? (laughs) Yeah, but it can make the rest of the movie look better. Right. And my my problem with the CG is you're going to have your big battle at the end and it's just a giant amorphous blob with a bunch of explosions. Couldn't really tell what was happening. Yeah. Didn't I see an article also today that said that somebody who had taken the original trailer footage and fixed the CG got hired? Yes. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, that, that's the thing that's happening now. You, you have... Everyone's sitting at home doing these deep fake videos and, um, fan, you know, fan made trailers and stuff. And it's like, at some point it's like, hire them. They're talented. Now, you know, we don't know what, how many hours and hours and hours that they spend on it versus how many hours someone would pay them to work on it. Right. So, but, so there's going to be a learning curve there, but yeah, why not? (laughs) I mean, People are doing amazing things with with like homemade videos. So, and it's a creative outlet. It's it's free, you know, publicity, and it's uh, on the hiring side of things. It's you're just able to find resume reels online. So, <laughs> I say, I say, go for it. Uh, I'm gonna run through the rest of the news real quick. And then I'll give you guys the last 15. We'll talk about comics. How's that sound? Um, So someone from SNL is writing the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, live action film. It's uh, Colin Yost. You may know him best for being married to Scarlett Johansson. I was going to say as being the other half of Mr. Johansson. Yes. Uh, Yes. So both actually both he and his brother, Colin and Casey Jost, are going to be writing this film. Casey Jost, by the way, is an executive producer and writer on Impractical Jokers. Really? Yeah, so he is a writer and producer for The Tenderloins. Okay. Um, so his comedy cred is nothing to stare at. You know, nothing to, you know, to, is nothing to like, you know. So it, it's strong. Uh, I love those two together. They've written some very funny stuff. Including his entire bit at the uh, the Kennedy Center honors for Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, that was all written by Bolt. That was written by them together. Uh, the whole "I'm the only white dude here" jokes. Those were them, um, which is great. Uh, big fan. However, Michael Bay is still on as the producer. So you were just well, talking it's about gonna a, suck. you were just talking about amorphous Bob's fighting for the last. 20 minutes of a film so yeah it's uh, gonna I, suck i didn't mind the 
uh, last live action Turtles movie, but when you say something like, I didn't mind it, that's not like a really big sell, right? So um, we'll see what happens there. But remember, we're getting lots and lots of Turtles coming our way, you know, obviously in the comics still, but Seth Rogen's still producing that animated series that's going to debut in 2023. So, but that's an interesting writing team. I'm glad you told me that about Casey, yes, because I thought, you know, that was just, oh, Colin and his brother. But obviously, he may have written more stuff than Colin. <laughs> so. Stupid Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, Taka Watiti is doing the new Flash Gordon. It was going to be animated. Now he's changed his mind. He wants to make it live action. Uh, and if you know anything about him and what he's influenced by, he was greatly influenced by the 1980s Flash Gordon. And a lot of that you can see come shining through on Thor Ragnarok. So interesting choice there, but I would like to see it. Kyle, no, what? It only matters that he successfully casts Ming. Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. time. Um, Everything and if Ming Chen okay. isn't playing Ming the Merciless. <laughs> no. I'm out. No. I'm out. Um, we all saw how Bing could act in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Um, so I'm in for that. But no. Uh, realistically, uh, Tadawa Kiki has not proven himself to be a director I like. We'll see. What? Did you mean the opposite of that? Nope. Like he's never made anything bad ever and everything is awesome? That's what I said. Uh, no, he's not proven himself to be a director I like. Now, though he's made things I've liked, but not across the board. He is okay. not. Okay. He is not. He is not the Russos. All right. He is not yet. Um. Uh. Uh. You know, somebody like a uh uh uh, uh John Favreau, who I will go see on the strength of them alone. Did you, you see you Hunt say, for the Wilder People and Jojo Rabbit? I saw Jojo Rabbit, which is the thing I liked. Okay, all right. Um, but it's it's one of those things is I, I want to see a couple more things he's done yeah. before he becomes one of those directors that's like, oh, he directed a movie about making paper. I go see that. <laughs> you know, like there are certain directors that you say, oh, this person's directing and I'm there. Kevin Smith is one. The Russo brothers are the other, you know. Um, or if Aaron Sorkin uh, writes it. Sam Raimi, I'll go see anything Sam Raimi does. He's uh, he's got a shot to get there, but uh, he's not there yet. Okay, so fair that enough. alone doesn't sell me on it. Fair enough. Um, it's just interesting choice to go from animated to live action when the original live action is so cartoony anyway. Right. But you know, if any maybe he's gonna make it off. like a maybe he's gonna make it like a Roger Rabbit kind of thing where it's <laughs> it's well where it's it's you know, live action, but has certain very high animated overtones. Yeah. I mean, that could work. Um, Hawkeye on Disney plus gets a release date, November 24th. They released a, uh, still photo of Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. So I'm sure that has sent all any and all Kate Bishop covers, uh, to the moon on the spec market. <laughs> Probably. Um, that, it, it'll be. I'll oh, go ahead, Miss Jen. What? My life as a weapon. Yeah. Impossible now. Impossible now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm excited about it for sure. Um, uh, Yelena is going to make another appearance in it from Kyle's favorite Black Widow movie, and uh, it's going to release every Wednesday, just like Loki did. So that'll be November 24th of this year. Uh, some Doctor Who news, because I haven't done that in a while. Jodie Whittaker and showrunner Chris Chibnall will be leaving after this season, which is season 13. That's her uh, third full season. But they are going to do kind of like a Tenet-esque exit because they're going to have three 2022 specials that are sort of going to culminate in her time as Doctor Who and serve as a big send-off finale. So we'll... I'm sure we'll hear sooner than later who's going to be cast as the next uh, regeneration of Doctor Who. And Amazon's new Lord of the Rings series gets a premiere date September 2nd, 2022. Um, no title yet. 
no characters confirmed, um, but it's going to take like place a thousand or so years before The Hobbit, and it looks pretty based on the picture that they released. So, do either of you looking forward to this uh, Lord of the Rings on Amazon? Kyle's no. Miss Jen, what about you? I mean, I I want to know what they're doing. Yeah. This is from the Semerillion, or what are they doing? (laughs) They haven't really said yet. I mean, like they said, it takes a place a thousand years before. Okay. (laughs) So, Lord of the Rings is one of the things that that got ruined for me by being forced to read it in school. Oh, Um, yeah. And not being allowed to come to it on my own. And by the time the movies came out, I was so still pissed off about being forced to read it in school (laughs) that I never saw the movies. And so now I am, I'm that guy who it's, it's too late to be like, Hey, I'm watching the Lord of the Rings for the first time. And I'm reading the books like for the first time of my own volition. (laughs) So now I'm just kind of stuck being that guy. Who's like, I really want to like the Lord of the Rings, but (laughs) too late. Yeah, um, it, it, that, being forced to do something, that's sort of like the difference between going on a joyride and going standing in line in the DMV, right? So, I mean, there's really not any undoing that. Uh, if I need a good nap, I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is that it may give me a reason to attack those, watching those movies and reading those books. If it comes out and people are like, look, this is like the Suicide Squad of high fantasy. Or not Suicide Squad, the Mandalorian of high fantasy. You know, this is the best thing to ever happen to high fantasy. Okay. Maybe I'll jump in on it, but it wasn't good enough for Lord of the Rings to get me to get into uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, we'll see. Well, Miss Jen, how about you kick us off with uh, what's going on in comics? And that can be this week, last week, coming up, what's selling well, anything you want. Um... I am excited because we've got this weird thing that happened with the bad idea releases. Um, so we <laughs> we have three releases all on the same day on Wednesday, which is going to be interesting. Um, one of them is the, um, the trade paperback or the, the large form book that everyone's looking forward to that they announced as the first book as part of their... Um, Final Five, which is that passive-aggressive book, which is kind of probably very aptly named. And then we finally get to finish up Tankers. I can't wait to see what how that's going to finish out, because that's probably going to be hilarious. And then second book in the lot, the first book totally disturbed me. And uh, that's good, because it's supposed to be a horror book. And they did such a, a big hype on that it was going to be super creepy, that I was going to be super disappointed if it wasn't everything it was meant to be. And the thing probably everyone's going to be waiting at the front door for are the final printings for Stray Dogs. Yeah, so I, I brought that book up like a month ago because it's been like popping off at shows for, you know, certain issues for 100 and whatever. Yeah. Um, but so is this... So now I saw something interesting about Stray Dogs. They're doing variants for the trade paperbacks. And I personally, as a collector, have never seen that before. I mean, I'm sure it's happened in some place where, you know, a shop had an exclusive variant cover that they sold. But these are, like, really limited. And all the covers are awesome because, if you don't know, the Stray Dogs variant covers are all homages to, like, horror movie posters. And it's fantastic for someone that's into pop culture. So... Uh, so you said these are the final printings, finally, of this machine? Okay. Final final printings, and all of them are just killer homages. Yeah. So good. And then have you ever heard about, like, the trade paperback variants like they're doing? Like, is that something you've been familiar with before? Okay. So this is what happened. Like, I'm 100% certain. Brainy and I approached Image, and I'm sure that this happened, you know, times 100 in the industry where we approached uh, them and said, hey, can we get a uh, our own variant of number one? Whatever printing you want to put on it, we don't care. 
And uh, they said, no, we're not doing, we don't do variants of, you know, X printings. Uh, but we, you now you can, if you want to, you can do a variant of the trade. So that's probably where they push everybody is to, you know, doing the trade variant. Are you doing a variant of the trade? I don't, I don't know that I'm going to. Mm. I, I did, I did a trade variant with Source Point once that was a really good time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pay, making it, doing the trade, selling the trade. I still have copies um, that I probably won't ever sell because I just, you know, have no desire to at this point. But uh, it was a really, I, I really liked having a trade for a book, like from somebody like Source Point, where it's people are like, I don't know. And here's the whole trade. It's my custom cover. Like, it sold, it sold copies of books that wouldn't have otherwise sold well i think that stray dogs is one of those weird examples of something that's definitely going to be evergreen yeah you were gonna very different situation with your you know store's name slapped on it it's probably the one right and that was a very different situation when i did the one with source point like nine people knew who source point was (laughs) you know it was they were just that publisher that's kind of up the street from me you know I thought I was doing them a favor. They didn't need my help. There's also um, Maria Lovett's Porcelain, number one. Which will probably get some good buzz. Um, the next there. next part in the Extreme Carnage Lasher is coming out. There was a skip week last week, so you could fit in the Symbiote uh, Spider-Man book which had a really killer last page. I hope people did not miss that because it has ties to the Immortal Hulk. Um, it's a big week from Dark Horse for me, at least. Yeah. Uh, you have the Gollum Walks Among Us, uh, which is Mike Mignola, Christopher Golden. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have uh, Lucky Devil, number one, which is yep. Shock of Shocks. I want, I'm want. i interested in a Cullen Bunn book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, but then also for me, uh, Mark Russell and Mike Diodato is Not All Robots at AWA. And uh, from Image, the the me you love in the dark, Scotty Young and Jorge Corona. Yeah, I went very deep. interested in that book. Yeah, I went super deep. The one that I think is going to be fun is Elvira meets Vincent Price. Really? Who's doing Elvira. that one? Elvira. Who's doing that one? Dynamite. And that's probably got some crazy variant covers, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they. Dynamite likes the variants. I used to be mad at variants. It's kind of an interesting change that I've made since, you know, maybe the first year I was in business. Because I, when if you've been in business as long as I have and made it through the 90s, in which variants killed almost killed the market in the 90s, I just think that variants now are is a different creature than they were then. Then people were, like, buying 50 copies of them. And stashing them away. That's what killed the market is people put so much money in those books. Now I think people are just, you know, they want one of everything. But that's just because they like the art and want to collect them all. That feels like a different creature to me. And so when I look at, you know, Dynamite's, you know, however many copies, different covers that they have for theirs. I just think that's just choice. Like, which one of these do you like? I like it when when the odds are all the same. I don't know. I don't know what it's like from your guys' perspective. Like you know, because when like when a book's like one in twenty five or one in a hundred, I know I'm not getting that book. At least nowhere near the cover price. But if it's like a one A, a one B, a one C, even like you know seven or eight choices, it's great for me. uh, Because usually I'm not going to have to get all eight covers. I'll just get the one I like the most or, or maybe two but uh I, I don't know what that i don't even remember variants you know back then jen though so i don't know do you do you know what like an example of that would have been because like you know in the, in the 90s i don't really remember variants well they didn't they didn't do like ratio stuff back then oh, okay but they it was more like a gimmick ratio or gimmick uh, right chromium cover mm, yeah old die cut hologram i'm trying to think of all the different things that they did and those those made people go crazy and just buy way too many of them 
Oh, Deadpool, Black, White, and Blood. Uh, Joker present the Joker presents a puzzle box is interesting to me from DC. Uh, as is uh, Suicide Squad, get Joker. And from TM, or from IDW, the best of Casey Jones. Uh, they they have another book can't, coming out soon. Uh, the best of uh, uh, Arpel O'Neill. Uh, because they sent all the way to previews a misspelled cover and solicitation where they spelled the word April wrong. So I'm very excited for the Arpel O'Neill, April O'Neill book. Did they keep it that way? No, they changed no. it, but okay. I really want uh, uh, the Arpel cover. One of the uh, one of the best exclusives I saw from Comic Con a week or two ago mm-hmm. was Nika had the entire newsroom from the animated series. So if uh, you're big into turtles, check that out. But it it was but it was April as a cat from that one episode. But then it was like Irma and the rest of the Channel Seven news team. So. That was pretty crazy. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on variants? As a buyer or as a retailer? Um, either, both. I mean, you're both, so. Um, I tend to, as a buyer, buy the A cover and any variants that I like. So I oftentimes will wind up with two or three copies of the same book because I like the covers. Um, as a retailer, I hated them. Because they made my job so much more difficult. Um, because it's, uh, uh, how do I order this book? That variant's real cool, but I might be the only person who thinks that. Do I reach up to get that variant, or do I order more of that open order variant than this other cover? I I don't know. You know, so I think I think they can be good when they're done correctly. I am a big fan of the store exclusive variant. Um, or the shared variant or, you know, that kind of stuff where it's, Hey, this is a branding piece for me and my business. Um, and I like what publishers are doing now, like the, like uh, scout with the direct order web store variant kind of thing where Jen orders direct from scout. She can get them. Yep. That's cool. That was not a thing when I was a retailer or not a thing very much. Um, so, you know, I think they have their place. I think you just have to, like any tool, use them correctly and not be a tool about it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's obviously people probably trying to take advantage of that on the reselling end of it. But as long as you're not like a completionist, I don't see a problem with it. But if you were a completionist, because some of these things come out and they have like 27 different covers. And that's just the first printing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like finally that they're doing, you know, new covers for subsequent printings, like second, third, fourth, fifth. I think that's how it probably always should have been. But yeah. Yeah, depends on the book for me, but yeah. Well, just from a collector's standpoint, so there's no confusion on if you're buying right. what print you're buying. Yeah, <laughs> that's. As for for a selfish reason, but uh, Miss Jen, anything to wrap up comics for this week? No. Oh, just as a reminder for everybody that last week bought the um, sweet paprika. Pe- yeah. The cover A that was missing last week is now going to be at your shop. And just as a reminder uh, for anyone going out to their shops on Wednesday, maybe call first. Looks like half the country's not going to get their books on time yet again. That is also true. Now, is that is that due to, to shipping, or what's that due to? General disarray? Uh, delay, <laughs> yes. Okay, <laughs> all right. I don't want to blame any one party, as I think there are multiple guilty right. and multiple, multiple, multiple breakdowns in the chain. Okay, I, I, I just didn't know that was still... Uh, I knew that was going on last year, but ha- has that happened a few times, or...? For some stores, it's the third yeah. straight week. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Right. Uh, UPS is having trouble getting drivers. Uh, they're having trouble getting people to load planes. Uh, I 
my understanding is that Diamond's again having trouble getting people to work at the warehouse. You know, it's weak links across the chain are creating failure. It, They're also same, at the printers getting things from the printer right. done right. on time. So oftentimes they're waiting for stuff to arrive. It's just, it's right. going to be this way for a little while as the supply chain is still. Yeah. Same reason McDonald's is out of egg McMuffins this morning. They didn't have a guy to make eggs. Just yours though, right? That wasn't like a national problem? I just assume it was a worldwide problem. Oh. <laughs> because it okay. was a problem at the two McDonald's in my town. Oh, okay. Uh, well, hopefully we'll get it back on track uh, sooner than later. But, hey, thank you, Kyle, and thank you, Miss Jen, for talking with me this past hour. And thank you for watching and listening to Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online. Sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out other shows on Woodlands Online like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all these on woodlandsonline.com and on our partner station, KBQT HD 21, over the air on your television. All these shows and more on Roku. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. See you next time on Nerd News Now.